I've heard people say that too much of anything is not good for you, baby. But I don't know about that. There's many times that we've loved and we've shared love and made love. It doesn't seem to me like it's enough. It's just not enough, baby. It's just not enough. Welcome to Day on Broadway for Friday, February 15th. A lot of F's there. 2019, I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, yesterday I had uh, the distinct Valentine's Day honor to talk to the uh, star of the 2019 uh, Tony Award winner for Best Musical, Hades Town. I spoke to uh, star of stage, screen, and album charts. I don't know what they do. Uh, Reeve Carney. Uh, it was a really cool conversation. I, uh, I've, I've talked about him a lot uh, on here when his name comes up with things, whether it was Rocky Horror or Hades Town. I'm a big fan of what he does um was a big fan from uh uh penny dreadful the tv show on showtime and i geeked out about it a little bit and it was a little embarrassing i'm not gonna lie uh, when i talked to him but it was a great conversation talking about the fact that he is an award-winning singer songwriter and but he's also you know the lead of a big broadway musical and he's you know done tv and and movies and stuff it was a really great conversation um that will be in your feed sometime on saturday uh, but I was really, uh, really glad to talk to him as I'm a big fan and I'm really excited to be able to see him on Broadway uh, here in a few months. Only uh, two degrees from Bono. You are. You are. <laughs> I am. I am now. Yeah, that's true. Any and, uh, Spidey talk? Did you, did oh, yeah. You, did you, were your spidey, spidey senses tingling? We definitely talked Spider-Man. He's very open about it. Like, we didn't get into, like, the whole people falling and breaking their backs thing. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No. But, yeah, he was no, very open about I, talking I, yeah. about the experience and, and talking about how much he learned from it. And, uh, um, yeah, he was very open. I mean, you know, I didn't – he's not a guy who I've seen done a, do a ton of interviews, mainly because, you know, if it's not theatrical, I don't really watch a lot of interviews. I mean, he hasn't really done a, a play in a while. But just a super – introspective laid back uh chill guy i i wasn't sure what to expect from him but um he was very open i mean answered every question there was a few that you know he uh kind of got into the weeds on like his acting technique um and and people he'd studied with and you know meisner and stanislavski he actually talked about um not only is this his second broadway show but it's his second broadway show with patrick page oh. and he's actually studied um with patrick page because patrick page is a is an acting teacher in addition to the 2019 uh tony winner for best uh featured actor in a musical so uh reeves um spider-man song the rise rise above that that, I, that that was a real catchy tune i was surprised that that didn't become more of a hit than uh, than it did it it actually charted in my research. It made it all the way up to number 78 on the U.S. charts. Really? I didn't know that. Oh, I'm yeah, so happy. I mean, that's not huge. But no, yeah. but, but that's, that's great, though. I mean, yeah. I mean I, I, you know, people really cut Spider-Man, and, uh, and I have a, a deep, dark secret. I don't know. I've probably shared this before. The first Broadway show I took my children to was Spider-Man. So, uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they've seen Hamilton six times. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> kind of e <laughs> equals out in the end. 
All right. I, I guess, uh, did you have something else before we move on to uh, the story of the I day? Just, I mean, I, I just want to talk about something fun. I mean, I, the, comp, the, the interview was great. I just don't want to get into this first story because, damn it, James, this is, this is not going to be a fun one. Well, I mean, we go from Bono, you know, rocker of the 80s, to uh, Michael Jackson, rocker of the 80s. And the Michael Jackson musical and Actors Equity uh, battling over press releases uh, on uh, Thursday, right? Yeah, that's actually the part that's not awful. We're going to get to the awful part of this story here in a second. Um, But first, let's get down to the nuts and bolts. you know, James, you and I have been a bit hard, admittedly, on equity during this whole lab rat thing. Um, and, and we've been critical of some of the things that they've done. But today they are 100 percent in the right. So what happened was yesterday, the new Michael Jackson musical Don't Stop Till You Get Enough announced that it would not have its world premiere in Chicago this October, as had been previously announced, like three, four weeks ago. Uh, Instead, the show will open on Broadway, cold, no out-of-town tryout, in the summer of 2020. The press release concerning this announcement said that the change was, quote, due to scheduling difficulties brought about by the recent actors' equity strike. And James, you and I texted about this as soon as the release came in. And then in the coverage uh, a little bit later from the New York Times, they said the same thing, just in more professional terms. (laughs) But I'm calling unmitigated and complete bullshit on this one. Um, I will get back to why both the gray lady and I think that this is, you know, not the real reason that it's getting delayed. But we'll get to that because we still have to talk about actors equity because they sure as hell weren't going to let the producers in the Jackson estate blame them for this. In a response, AEA's communications director, Brandon Lawrence, said, quote, it's incredibly disappointing that the actors and stage managers who are currently working to develop this project were not informed about a major production change before a public media announcement was made. Wow. Uh, the development, the wow was me, not Brandon. Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, the developmental lab that was scheduled for this production, the developmental lab, what they said, that was the reason that it was delayed because of the strike. The developmental lab that was scheduled for this production was delayed by 12 working days during this strike. It is difficult to understand how a modest delay in February would impact a run that was scheduled for late October. James, I I cannot envision a world where this delay had anything to do with this strike. Uh, I think AEA is completely in the right. And again, um, we're going to get into why I'm calling bullshit here in a second. But before we do, James, what do you think about what seems to just be a completely unnecessary pissing match that was started by this production and, in my opinion, ended by Actors' Equity? Yeah, I mean, uh, who's producing? I don't even know who's uh, who's behind the Michael Jackson thing. But well, it, I, is, it is the it is the Jackson estate. But I don't know who the other producers. But of, the Broadway of the, are. the Broadway producer. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. You know, it, it's. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. Um, could, yeah, is there a grain of truth in there? Uh, I'm sure that there is something somehow that can be connected with uh, strings and pins and things like that. Um, but uh, it's unbelievable that even if that were the truth, it was so petty to put it out in a press release like that. I I can't even imagine. (laughs) Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And, um, just to be, uh, just so we get this Columbia live stage is actually the commercial. 
you, sir. And as I'm looking on their IBDB page, they have nothing. So uh, this yeah. would be their first Broadway venture. So I'm sure that they they must have hired somebody uh, in the producer realm oh, or well, the channel manager I've got, realm. I found a new I found a new one. They were involved with Shuffle Along, Groundhog Day, The Waverly Gallery, and Tootsie. So uh, the first Columbia live stage thing I saw was not correct, but so not a ton of experience. I didn't mean to cut you off, James. Sorry. No, no, absolutely. Um, so. Uh, it just doesn't make sense. It, it, it's petty, and this is a community that you're coming into and <laughs> certainly scheduled for, you know, a year and a half to two years from now. Uh, and you're going to have to show up in the rehearsal hall with these folks. I, I, it just seems yeah. like a really bad, bad plan. But here's the thing, James. No, they're not. They're not going to have to show up in the rehearsal hall because uh. I would bet dollars to donuts that all this is, if we're calling a spade a spade, the new musical was just looking for an excuse, in my opinion, to get off of an official calendar and to just fade away into oblivion. Because I would be shocked if this show ever makes it to the stage, be it in the announced 2020, 2050, 2120, whenever, because I don't think this is ever happening. The reason being is that a new documentary called Leaving Neverland premiered at the Sundance Film Festival last month, and it will air on HBO in two parts on March 3rd and 4th. I don't want to get into a ton of the detail details here, but the backstory is important, and I'm going to try to do it fairly here. The documentary focuses on two men, um, an acclaimed uh, hip hop and, and pop music choreographer named Wade Robson and another gentleman named Jimmy Safechuck, who alleged that they were sexually abused by Jackson when they were children. In the documentary, both men go into extreme and graphic detail about what they allege happened. Now, the documentary also has to do with the 20 years after the abuse and how they claim that it has affected them since. Now, James, the documentary got... Um, some really great reviews at Sundance. It also had some detractors as well. A lot of the critics talked about how powerful and believable the stories were and how brave these gentlemen were. However, some other critics and some journalists um, looking at it from more of an investigative standpoint were concerned that the documentary had no dissenting voices in the film. No one from the Jackson's estate um, was mentioned. And there was a very little mention of the fact that both Robson and Safechuck filed a lawsuit against Jackson in 2013, claiming uh, $1.5 billion in damages that was eventually dismissed. Uh, in fact, Safechuck said that he had suppressed the memories of being abused until Robson filed his lawsuit. Now, James, obviously, neither you or I have ever seen have seen this film yet. And obviously, beyond that, neither you or I have any idea what happened between these men and Michael Jackson when they were kids. But there is absolutely no way that it won't have a negative impact on this potential musical. So for all involved, it's probably just best if Jackson's estate pays the creatives who have been working on this, Lynn Nottage, Christopher Weald, and anybody else, and just shelves it. Don't do anything with it. Maybe do it overseas somewhere where Michael Jackson's legacy is probably a little less tainted. Um, but it just makes no sense at this point. Now that we kind of know the details of this documentary and some people who have seen it talk about how devastating it is. I, I just don't see the upside in trying to bring this show to Broadway. <sighs> you make some very intelligent points. Blind dog finds a bone every once in a while. Well, we elected Trump president. 
Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, 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 I just, I don't know what to say here. I just, to me, it just seems like they sent out a press release to pick a fight to distract from the fact of what was actually going on. It just, just dumb and unnecessary and, Everything about this just now feels icky. I, I've said when it was announced, like this, this was announced right before um, the documentary was premiered at Sundance. And I said, I thought with this team, Lynn Nottage, Christopher Wielden, like I was excited about it. Uh, now I just can't imagine a situation where anybody can watch this, a, a musical produced by Jackson's estate and not just feel horrible. I think was this the one that you and I were talking about, and we said we and Lynn Nottage. Well, she, you know, she's right. got integrity. She she's going to tell the whole story. She's it's not going to be uh, just the positive side of Michael Jackson. So, yeah. Well, and what what they did was is, and I think something that might be why they did this. The the the, the musical is supposed to be about. A, one specific tour that Michael Jackson went on and they had to end it early or something because he was uh, going through anxiety or stress or something because of these, not these from these gentlemen, but allegations of the abuse. So it has to be in this story uh, uh, to some extent, how much they would have let Nottage tell um, and, and dive into, I, I don't know, but I just, at this point, I think even Lynn Nottage has to understand that it's probably just better to step away. Similar to what we talked about with Kiss Me Kate and the book of that, maybe uh, people should just get up on stage and sing the songs. Yeah, but even that feels inappropriate at this point. All right. And scrap the whole thing and let's do a Barry White musical. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Or Barry Manilow, you know, either one. Well, the, Barry which, Manilow has a musical that never Harmony. came to Broadway. The Harmony. Harmony. Yeah. yeah. With Patrick with Wilson. Yazbeck. Yeah. Patrick. Patrick yeah. It's just yeah. bring that in. Come yeah. on. Everybody loves Manilow. All right, let's move on. What do we have in the recommendation section? Okay, I've got a couple things. Finally, um, Kennedy Center always does this. They make us wait for a week or so after their center stage concerts um, are done before they release the B-roll, the highlights. Well, finally, we got it yesterday from Norm Lewis, Jesse Mueller, Rosie O'Donnell, and the entire cast of The Music Man. Um, James, just bring the damn thing to New York. Just do it. Come on. You, there's a, There's theaters open. Get it into the Lunt. Give it a, a, a third Broadway musical revival. Get the Tony category. Just just do it. Do it. And here's something I hadn't really put together uh, too much. We had Norm Lewis playing Professor Harold Hill. And then doing this little week-long concert, then he had to come back to New York to get ready to do another week-long concert because he is obviously starring uh, as Shavelin in the Scarlet Pimpernel concert from Manhattan Concert Productions. We have rehearsal footage from that as well. And James, I've been on record how much I love the Scarlet Pimpernel. Into the Fire is one of my five favorite show tunes of all time. And that's what we got yesterday. We got Tony Yazbek and crew singing that song. And I'm not going to lie, James, I watched this thing and I I cried watching this video. I don't think Tony has the, the necessarily the right voice for this part. I talked about this when he was cast. Um, he doesn't have... He's much more legit, darker um, than 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 Douglas Sills's bright, um, crystal and clear voice. But I still I love this song so much um, and I was in tears watching it. Um, and, and so that's kind of weird with this song. But um, but I also want to say 
Um, Alicio Romero, uh, I believe his name is, the Piragua guy. Um, he is one of the, the eight men that were with uh, uh, Alicio Roman, um, who was one of uh, uh, Percy's men in this. And he's in there. And I need him to play Sancho at some point. His tenor just pierces through. It is so good. Uh, I loved it. And I have a suggestion on who should play uh, Don Quixote to his Sancho. And that is. Grammy and Oscar winner Jennifer Hudson because she debuted, not debuted, she performed Impossible Dream during in between sets uh, filming The Voice UK. And my God, is she good? Uh, so um, Alicia Roman as, as Sancho Panza, Jennifer Hudson's as Don Quixote slash Miguel Cervantes. I've got a new another one. That's another revival that we can do to fill out the best revival of a musical category at the Tonys this year. This has been another section of Tamanini Casting. <laughs> I'm telling you, someone, hire me, uh, Bernie, somebody, Tara, call me. I, I'm, I, <laughs> I got a gift. I got a fever. No description is more casting. And all it needs is a little more, more triangle. <laughs> I got a I'm fever. Not cast, I'm, not, I'm not casting walking in anything. <laughs> all right. What other news do we have? Okay, we're going to head into the weekend with a few things. First up, a pair of stories from Audible. They announced two new theatrical offerings that will be coming to their streaming service. First, on April 4th, Audible will release the audio version of the current West End production of Sam Shepard's True West, not Roundabout's Broadway version, but the West End version, starring Game of Thrones star Kit Harington and Johnny Flynn. That will hit the streaming service about... Two-ish weeks after a four-night run of the new musical Is Anyone Out There runs at the Manetta Lane Theater, where it will be recorded for posterity by Audible. The two-person musical was written by and stars Noel Carey and the always hilarious Julia Madison. Um, it will uh, play at Audible's venue from March 21st through 24th, and then it will be available to stream at a later date. And finally, yesterday, two off-Broadway shows received extensions. First, the new John Logan, the writer of Penny Dreadful that um, Reeve Carney and I talked about quite a bit. Um, John Logan and Tom Kitt, who wrote the theme song for the season three of Penny Dreadful, uh, their new musical superhero picked up an extra week from second stage. It will now run through March 31st. And then the Atlantic Theater Company gave another week to Florian Zeller's The Mother. It will now play through April 13th. If you would like more information on any or all of these stories, please please check out the show notes at broaderradio.com. All right, Matt, get us out of here. All right. Thank you for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. And my name is James Marino from broadwayradio.com and broadwaystars.com. Thanks for wrapping up your week with us. Uh, as Matt mentioned, he'll be talking to Reef Carney tomorrow in your ears. And on Sunday, we have This Week on Broadway with Peter Felicia and Michael Portantier. And back on Monday, Matt and I will tell you what happened over the weekend. We'll talk to you then. Really didn't take all of my life to find you can believe it's gonna take the rest of my life to keep you.